There's something special about singing songs of worship to God. Something very special about that. And every other Saturday and one Sunday a month, we still go over to the nursing home, to Carolina Gardens Center. We were just there yesterday. And it's amazing to me that just the simple act of singing hymns that have been sung for years and years and years, the joy that it brings to mostly ladies and some of the old men there as well. And all we do is simply gather around with them and we sing. We're just simply with them and we sing. And that joy is very clear on their face as they're singing. There's some that, that can't, even, can't even see the words, but they've heard a particular song for so long that they just know it. You know, Amazing Grace, or of course their, their favorite is, you know, In the Garden. They even have the number of the hymn memorized and where that's at. But singing is a, a very special thing. It's a very powerful thing. And I think it's very easy to take for granted how truly powerful worship can be. And so I want us to talk about that today. I want us to talk about the power of worship. I want to talk about how song and how music relates to what we've been looking at in the book of Colossians chapter 3. We've been talking about grace. We've been talking about how forgiveness flows from grace, how those things are together. And last week in particular, we talked about how, how grace and peace come together. And this desire that we have to really have a, a peaceful heart, if we have a peaceful heart that's ruled by the peace, as Scripture says, of Christ, our lives are different. In every moment, in every day, it doesn't matter what you're facing. If you have the peace of Christ, there's literally, literally nothing that can come against you. It's kind of like the, the calm, if you will, in, in the center of the storm. Things fly around as things come against us, but if the peace of Christ rules your heart, then the way that you respond is different. And before we read, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3 again this morning. Before we read that again, I want us to, to be reminded of, of the story that we had talked about of, of grace and of forgiveness where, where this man owed, 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 excuse me, owed another businessman essentially a huge debt, a great debt. And he came to collect the businessmen and this other guy on that debt, this is in Scripture, and the guy couldn't pay. He was about to be thrown into prison, which is what you did. I guess debtor's prison, if you will. If you couldn't pay or become a slave or, you know, everything was going to go downhill for this person because he didn't have the money to pay. I said, you know, Master, please, you know, if you just give me some more time, please don't, don't throw me into prison. Give me some more time and I will repay you. The story goes, of course, that, that he just said, you know what? Forget about the debt altogether. He forgave him of a huge, huge debt. Then as the rest of the story in Scripture goes, he walked outside. <coughs> he walked outside and happened to see someone else that owed him some money. And it was a much smaller debt. It was a petty debt compared to 
the huge debt that he had been forgiven. And he went up to the guy asking him for his money. He said, I can't pay, you know, give me time, please don't. And he didn't have any mercy. He didn't have any grace on him. And he went and threw him away and cast him off into prison. And Jesus tells a story for us to, to understand the need to not just to receive grace. We have no problem receiving grace. We have no problem taking, thanking um, God for the great debt that He has removed from us. A bigger debt compared to what we would even give others. So we have no problem taking, but we have a problem sometimes giving. Giving that same grace, giving that same forgiveness, exhibiting that same patience that only comes from a heart that's ruled by peace, the peace of Christ. And so the issue, though, that I want us to deal with this morning is how do you maintain that? Or maybe you haven't felt that in some time. How do, you, how do we acquire that peace? Now let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. This is a verse that I would highly encourage you. I mentioned last week, or probably the week before, to write this down, to dwell on it, to turn it over in your mind, to think about it. Because part of this verse actually says to dwell richly on the Word of God. To dwell richly so that it comes out, so that it's on our minds, so that it comes to us in those moments where we have a tendency to forget. Where we have a tendency to act out of character that a believer would act. Colossians 3, <clears throat> it says then, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, these things. Put on then is interesting because it also means that it could have been taken off, right? We have the Holy Spirit, we walk with the Lord, but we have the opportunity to listen or not to listen the ability to put on the armor of God, as we think about Ephesians, for example, or, or not. In this case, it says to put on these things as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on these things, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Already, just stopping there, if we had compassionate hearts, we, we had that kindness, that humility, that meekness, that patience, the ability to bear with one another, the majority of the issues we face during the week would be resolved if we had those kinds of hearts, those kinds of things that we carried. It says, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. We're not supposed to forgive the way the world does, where it says, you know, uh, but forgive the way that God does. How does God forgive? Think about that. When God, God forgives, He doesn't bring it back up to you. Now, to have the forgiveness of God is tough because there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of history, there's, there's memory. God has the ability to cast those things aside, but nonetheless, He says to forgive the way He has forgiven. And above all, this is key today, Put on love, which binds everything together 
put on love, which binds everything together. As we mentioned last week, it's like glue. It holds things together. Put on love that binds everything together in this. Perfect harmony. It's a great little two words this morning. Perfect harmony. Because we're going to be talking about music. We're going to be talking about singing. We're going to be talking about worship. Perfect harmony. Yesterday, uh, we had an opportunity. There's a one particular lady who uh, at the nursing home we sing this song and uh, do you remember the name of the song? And Heaven Came Down it's called an old hymn Heaven Came Down and glory filled my soul and at that little tag part someone is supposed to sing filled my soul and this little old lady we get to that part Heaven Came Down and I point to her and she goes fill my soul you know, we get to the then at the cross, the Savior made me whole, made me whole. And, and so she's just, you would be amazed at how she brightens up because she has that opportunity. But yesterday, I don't know why, for whatever reason, but we got to that part, in, or maybe it was a different song, but I decided to sing some harmony with her on that section. And it was just, it ended up being just a very, cool and beautiful thing. Love, as it's described here in, in this passage of Scripture, it says that it binds everything together and not, not just, just glued and slap shot and, you know, kind of, you know, kindergarten glue and it's, it's there, it's kind of held together sort of, but it's just, it's brought together, it says, in perfect harmony. The love of God binds and it brings harmony again. And harmony only works. You know when it's not right if someone's singing the wrong key, you know, because then it's, it's, it's unpleasant to listen to. It's not right. But this love is, brings this perfect harmony. And then it says this, and this is what I've really been thinking about all week, and it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it. See, the thing, the problem we face so many times with Scripture, we don't understand that there are things that we have to let happen, or we have to pursue. One of the things I was talking with some folks about this week because it, it kind of just clicked with me is that peace doesn't just come it doesn't just happen you know we get this idea in our head that if we just sit still like we're in a yoga studio that all of a sudden it'll just come upon us but it's something we pursue peace here it says let let that means there's an action involved let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts do you think that God wants you to have a heart that's ruled by peace it wouldn't be here but what we see in this passage there are things that we have to put on there are things we have to let which means we have to let the peace of God in here but I know in my life there are some, some issues, some things I've faced or whatnot what that I have a lot of anger. And anger to the heart is, is kind of like this. It's, it's, it's putting up two hands that's blocking peace. 
We want to hold on to different things in our life. We want to hold on, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, the right to be right. We want to hold on to anger. We want to hold on to hurt. We want to go over scenarios inside our head all the time. We don't want to let go, whatever it is, but we have to let in the peace of Christ. We have to let it in to experience it. We're getting to the point, okay? Which, indeed, it says you were called in one body and be thankful. And then it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Another, there's that word again, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. If, you're, if you've, you've got a, a great habit that you've established this year of that devotional time, you can, you can have two kinds of devotions. You can have one where you rush through it, and you've done it and you just check the box, you have one where you let the Word of Christ dwell richly. You think about it. It's not just reading words. Same thing with singing. We can just sing or we can worship. There's, there's a difference there. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. In this particular passage, I am trying to let it dwell in me, trying to dwell upon it richly. And I would encourage you to do the same. It says, and then teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And here's the key. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Earlier we see this aspect of perfect harmony. And then we see this aspect of singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I want to propose to you this thought that, that, if, that if our heart is blocked from letting in the peace of Christ, that, that there's a, a tool that I believe that God has given us here that opens up your heart. It just does it. When you're angry, it's really hard to sing. If you're worried sometimes, it's really hard to sing. Because singing, and I'm, I'm not just talking about singing some song on the radio, but singing a song to God, it, it, it starts to pull the fingers apart that are blocking your heart. Something about worship, something about singing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs that opens up your heart to let the peace of Christ rule. One of the things that I, I tried to do this week was to take the same sermon towards the end that I mentioned last week and apply it. And I don't know if you have. Has anyone tried singing this week? You have? All right. But, but singing specifically to keep your heart in this place, specifically to allow the peace of Christ to rule. And you've probably experienced it before where you, you've had this joy, you've had this sense of, of God's presence. And when that sense of God's presence is there, it seems like everything is so easy. 
It's so easy to, to drive through traffic. It's so easy to love people. It's so easy to handle situations when you feel the presence of God. Or some people describe it as being on top of a mountaintop. You know, you just went away to some spiritual retreat, if you will, or whatever, you know, or I know for maybe some Beth Moore conference, I think with the ladies or the guys, you know, we had a, a great time in scripture at Bible and Brew or whatever, and you walk out of there and it's like, I can conquer the world. At that moment with the feeling of God's presence, nothing can come against you. But the, the, the key is, though, the, that's, that's really what we're talking about here. That's the peace of God. When the Holy Spirit is upon you like that, that's the peace of God. But how do we stay in that place? Because the Bible does teach that the enemy comes, he seeks out you, says, seeks who he may devour, whom he could tear apart. And the problem is, is that he seeks us, but we just expect peace just to happen. It's a battle. We have to pursue peace. We have to let it in. And I believe that one of the, the key things in battle is this aspect of worship. You've probably heard this mentioned before, that as, as Israel was going in to actually fight and take the land that God had given them, that it says that the, the trumpeter, trumpeteers, if you were, went before them. And they just played the trumpet, and they circled and circled and circled this city. And then at the very end, the walls didn't come down by might. They came down with a shout to who? With a shout to who? This is where you respond. To God. Yes, to God. And the walls came down. There is an aspect of God's worship that goes before things that, that, that clears. It's a spiritual battle that God takes over and wins in, in this aspect of, of worship. Okay? Because what the Bible teaches is that He inhabits, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, He inhabits the praise of His people. If you sing in a dark place, God shows up. If you worship God in a dark hour, He shows up. If you lift Him up, the Bible teaches, all men will be drawn to Him. But let me give you a couple of examples in Scripture just to, to get your eyes on this. And this won't be on the screens. You're going to have to use your phone with me this morning, okay? I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles 5.13. That's in the Old Testament. In 2 Chronicles 5.13, and I'm trying to get there myself. We find that Solomon, David's son, had just completed the temple for God. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. And this is what it says. It says, And it was the duty of the trumpeteers and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. It was their duty, it was their job to blow their trumpet and to sing. 
And it says, And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, singing these words, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is what it says happened. The house, the house of the Lord, it says, was filled with a cloud. In verse 14, it goes on, it says, It was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. We see a principle here that God does indeed inhabit the praises of His people. When you worship Him, His power is displayed. When you worship Him, He shows up. When you notice the peace of God begin to dissipate, when you feel like you're losing that mountain experience, if you will, if you want to open your heart back up to make sure God reigns and God is present, one of the things you can do is to worship God. I've been to counseling before to a Christian counselor, and the, this counselor that I've been to, as you walk into his office, I know that he believes the same thing because the first thing you hear when you come in is Christian music. It sets the tone. It sets the atmosphere for what kind of place this is. That it's not just a counseling session, but this is an encounter with God. this passage of inhabiting the praise of his people there's some things I heard growing up as a kid that you, you kind of wonder is that true you know you know is that really in scripture but this particular passage is and Justin if you could do the same thing for me I would appreciate it and look this up and in Psalm 22 3 and you'll see it a little bit differently in different versions but in the the English standard version this is what it says. It's in Psalm 22.3. If you have um, a Bible that has notations, you'll have a notation here that will show you a closer understanding of what this means in the, in the original Hebrew. I'm going to read it to you. It's not a long verse, but if you have your phone, if you want to turn there, this is great. Psalm 22.3 says... Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. But what the original language, a closer understanding, says with a notation is actually this. You are holy, dwelling in the praises of Israel. To dwell means to live, it means to be present. Dwelling in the praises of Israel. It's more scriptural proof and understanding that when you worship Him, when you praise the Lord, that He shows up. That the glory of God fills the place so much that even the priests couldn't stand to remain in the temple because God's glory had overwhelmed it and just pushed everything out. Worship is key to a heart that is full of the peace of Christ. 
want to share a couple more passages with you, and, and, we'll, and we'll be through. In particular, I'm thinking of a passage of, again, just the, the spiritual nature of music. There's a, there's a passage in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, that I want you to look at with me today. 1 Samuel 16, 23, this is prior to when David became king, and, and thank you, Justin, Saul, Saul was king instead, but Saul had, had turned his back on God, and we find that it says there was this harmful spirit that would come upon Saul. Just this, I guess, darkness, depression. I don't know. You've probably had those moments before where it just you, you just feel not as if you've had that mountaintop experience, right? Or quite the opposite. And Saul was far from the Lord, and the Spirit would come upon Saul to the point that Saul, we read later on, would actually take... He'd be angry enough at David because he knew David was next to be king that he would literally throw spears at David. The guy was at points off his rocker. But we've probably had those moments we felt a little off our rockers too. A little angry, a little ready to lash out, a little, you know, whatever it is where those moments come. But it says David, when this would happen, David took the lyre which is kind of like a small guitar, if you will, okay, and played it with his hand. And so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. If there was any guy who understood worship, who sang a lot, who came up with new songs, it's David. The book of Psalms that we read is full, the majority of them, by him. Songs that he had written to God. David was a worship leader. David understood what it meant to enjoy the presence of God. So I believe understanding what he did in the book of Psalms, this was more than just strumming on the, on the lyre. This was, this was a time where he would worship God because it probably would have been like, all right, I'm going to try this new one today, you know, that I've just written. It has a power to, to remove those types of things. In Scripture, we see all the way through Psalms to sing to the Lord, to sing praise to the Lord. <clears throat> Psalm 100 is a great example if you want to turn there. Psalm 100 is a good one. I don't know if Justin's faster than my flipping. Psalm 100 says this, it says to serve, it says to make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. It's really great because some of you are thinking, I can't sing, or so you've been told, right? It's not about the notes, okay? It's about the heart. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Come into his presence with singing. His presence 
and singing once again are tied together. We're seeing the connection here. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His, we're His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. If His love endures forever, and we praise Him, we sing to Him, and we experience His love... Guess what it helps us to do? You can only share what you've experienced. The love that you've received, you can share. The peace that you've received, you can share. In Scripture, I don't have time to go down all these roads today. It says over and over, too, it says to sing a new song to God. Darcy and the rest of the, we were talking about that today, the praise team up here, and, you know, there are times where she'll just sing, just makes up something. And I don't know if you've ever had that kind of experience, too, where you just, you know, sing a new song to the Lord. But you see through a lot of the book of Psalms that, I would say, command to sing a new song to the Lord. Because a new song also is kind of a, a new experience with God. It's a new expression of praise, new expression of worship. So here's, here's, here's what I would really encourage you to walk away with today. If God inhabits the praises of His people, if God shows up when we worship Him, what does that mean beyond Sunday? What does that mean on Monday? What does that mean on Thursday? when your week has started out great and it's gone I don't think you can be angry and worship the Lord at the same time doesn't work I want to encourage you this week that when you don't sense that peace of God, when you don't sense God's presence, to welcome it by singing. And there's going to be people around you that think you're a little loony. What do you want more? You know? So one of the things I realized thinking about this this past week is that I used to pull out my guitar a lot at home and just sing. Diane and I would gather around the piano. I pull out my guitar and and you know the piano and we would just sing stuff. And honestly, we haven't done that in a while. But the 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 piano and the guitar is shouldn't just be for preparation for Sunday, right? It should be for all week long. So I've really tried to kind of latch on to a new goal to spend more time doing that. Or to, even though I think a lot of Christian radio that we have can be cheesy, particularly the announcers, okay? Everyone's, yeah. To put up with that for a minute to actually not just listen, but to sing. 
I want to encourage you this week to do that, to, to sing more to the Lord this week. Sing more. I don't know if you've ever heard a sermon like that. I don't know if I have. But if God inhabits the praises of His people so much that He shows up in, in a cloud of glory, then he can, he can do it in our lives when we need Him to show up. When we're stressed, when we're defeated, when we are tempted, when we're angry, when we, whatever it is, invite His presence through singing to Him, through worship. And again, make a joyful noise. It's not about your skill to sing or, or, or to play. It's about this. It's about the connection of your, of your heart with Him. And continue to dwell on that passage in Colossians 3, 12 through 17. If you haven't done it already, write it down. Text it to yourself. Send an email to yourself. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. If those things are put on in our lives, we will have a completely different experience this week. Because we are dependent upon the Lord. Not, not just physically. I mean, every breath we breathe is from Him, but spiritually as well. We need His presence. Would you stand with me? <coughs> Lord, we... Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your, for your love that brings perfect harmony. And Lord, we thank you for your peace. Lord, we pray, Lord, that your peace would continue to reign in our hearts, Lord, so that we give those things mentioned that you've given to us to others as well. Lord, that we go about our week in, in peace and in love that only comes from you. Your word says all good things come from you. Lord, give us the courage to sing. And Lord, join us as we do, we pray. Lord, inhabit the praise of your people this week. Lord, help us to truly be more like you. Lord, the worship will not end as we sang in the Revelation song today, Lord. We're going to join the angels in singing to you for eternity as well. We love you. We thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.